This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. This is one of a handful of Four Star Spurs' bonus episodes called Stateside Spurs Series, and I'm your host, Catherine. During this series, I'll chat with Spurs fans based in the United States about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, so I certainly hope you join us for a little chat with Stateside Spurs fans. Now, before we start chatting Tottenham, let's see who's joining me this week in the discussion. With me this episode is Austin from Chicago, and we'll get to know all about him this episode. So welcome, Austin, and thank you for joining. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, Catherine. Yeah, thank you. And you know what? We'll just get right to the questions. Yeah. So tell me about your connection with the sport of football, and did you have a history of growing up? Did you play other sports? What's, what's your connection with soccer? Yeah, so um, did I have a long history of uh, playing it more so than watching it, especially initially. Um, so I grew up around it actually. My dad was the regional commissioner for AYSO. For those who know Midwestern soccer and all of that, that's about as uh, cookie cutters can come, especially out there. But yeah, he kind of ran that out there. So I grew up around it and played all of that. Played through high school. Was a starting keeper on varsity um, from a sophomore year on. So did that, and then um, kind of got more into watching it. Obviously. Later on, growing up, initially started off watching uh, being Scottish as a Celtic fan. Shout out Rick, big fan of all of that. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I got started watching growing up. Then obviously transitioned into the fire when they had their heyday in the 90s. That was right when the AYSO teamed up with them. So I was all in on that. And then kind of transitioned back. Went on a little hiatus, I guess, in the middle when I was in college playing baseball. But then that's also with it tail end when I picked up and kind of got back into uh, watching it more. And that's where Spurs kind of got introduced as well. So you talk about baseball yes. just now, but what drew you into soccer and following football? Yeah, so it was always it was just always one of those sports where it was just a different team dynamic. It's one of those things to, I guess there was a lot of similarities between, for me personally, with being a keeper and I play a pitched in baseball. So kind of being kind of a little bit on island, a little different dynamic, but also it's still one of those games where it does. It involves everybody, and it, it truly is, you know, it is different in that, you know, I kind of equate it more to hockey, really, than anything, in, in that, like, the plays, like, just the way, like, the work, like, they can just, honestly, look, I mean, that's why I call it a beautiful game, not to be cliche, but that's really genuinely what it is, and that's, like, the natural draw, it's just, like, you know, I know it gets, you know, obviously it gets, like, the bad cliche rap of, you know, boring and all of that, but it's, it's you know, that's, it's underappreciated, if you genuinely, like, you know, know what to watch and know what you're looking at, it's not that at all, and then, when there are those flashes of brilliance, I just raise it that much more. Of course. And we all do love those flashes of brilliance in football. But how then did you become a Spurs supporter? Because as we all know, a lot of times we don't have those flashes of brilliance with <laughs> Tottenham. But uh, can you go a little bit more in depth with that? Well, I, I see. I, that's one of the, 
I think I kind of the core of Tottenham though it's kind of based around you know when you think back it's you know it was wasn't necessarily had to do with you know winning the trophies obviously and all that but it was about the style of play right you know the excitement level you know the, the Tottenham are known for the shootouts right you know that the three two score lines and think you know we're not you know not pat you know back in the box no we're going to be out you know on our front foot and if you get us you get us but we're going to get you too and that's was kind of the draw to Spurs initially and so I mentioned you know kind of got away from watching the game when it was more you know, towards the fire situation there, and they kind of got away from that. Um, but then when I got back introduced into you know, watching it, and that's actually what drew me to Spurs, was back in the Gareth Bale heydays when he was, you know, wonder goals all around. He they, you know, was front center on TV, and that was a part of, you know, when we had our mornings, weekends, when we didn't have games and whatnot after the season or in the off-season winter, you know, I'd be up for everybody else from, you know, home over on Saturday morning, watch the game, it was you know a lot of times Tottenham, and it was just the excitement. And so that was it. Just happened to be you know pure luck at that point, but you know it just happened to be right place, right time, and then the rest is history from there. Okay, so now that we know how you you became a Spurs supporter, well, really, how did you become a Spurs supporter and not any other Premier League supporter? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, just kind of like I said, like, honestly, it's, which we'll get to you know when I talk about favorite player, you know, things like that, and Gareth. I mean, it's. That's why him coming back was a massive thing, like especially person for me, because that he, I mean, I it is obviously you know there's Modric there and like you know all the all the other pieces around him that you know was part of it, but like it was you know his highlight, you know his highlight goals and stuff like that is what you know drew me in. And then once you know obviously learned more about you know, who Tottenham were, you started to kind of seek them out as opposed to just be presented with them. Kind of that started to happen, and then the more you learned, it was you know it was very very easy to fall in love, and that's like I said, the rest of history there. Definitely understand that. And so with having been a Tottenham supporter for, what, a good 10, 15 years now, what, time, yeah, good time. what is your favorite memory of being a Tottenham supporter overall? Yeah, so there's there's a few. There's a few that stuck out, like especially when you when you kind of told me, this, you know, gave me a little bit of heads up about what we'd be asking. There's a couple of memories that stuck out. Obviously, the easy one to say is the Lucas Moore Ajax because that's, I think that's going to be, you know, doesn't matter if you've been, in, you know, supporter for, you know, 10 years or you know, 100 years. I think that's going to stick out in a lot of minds. But another one that jumped out at me, like, instantly was the um, the last final home game of White Hart Lane at the end of that season when, you know, just the way it played out with Man United, just the rainbow with the rain, just literally everything, like, the that moment. I mean, just that encapsulated, that that stuck out at me. That was the initial one, obviously, aside from me. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. But that one as a singular moment stuck stuck out with me. Yeah, and I do remember that last match. I remember I was in living in New York and I was at Flannery's with New York Spurs and just I did well up at seeing the cockerel with the rainbow and Glory Glory Hallelujah is being sung. Like it's it is I mean it was everybody's waving the flag. I mean it's literally like I do have a picture, I believe it's on my Twitter, my um Twitter profile cover photo is that right like with the lights you know on that scoreboard and the rain I mean it, it was just you know the cloud you know I mean, it was like it was the perfect time it was the perfect time yeah so I can definitely understand why you would say that your favorite game is that last 2-1 match against Man- Manchester United at the lane because it was momentous it was heartwarming it was heart-wrenching as well but 
alas, we all move on. And I do want to not only talk about your favorite memory from being a Tottenham supporter, which, like you said, is um, the Manchester United game, but what is your favorite game overall as a Spurs supporter with it not being that last game at the lane that one yeah so i obviously i mentioned like um other favorite memory with being the ix game and so that one has to be the favorite i guess favorite game you know away from the memory part just because you know painting the picture about how it was just how it played out watching it so i was at work you know just like obviously midweek champions league game at work i reserved like one of the conference rooms up front so i could be you know somewhat remotely by myself because I assumed that there would be outbursts, which turns out I was correct. <laughs> and, you know, obviously with how it played out, just going absolutely ape shit in a conference room, trying to, you know, not cause a scene while causing a scene. The uh, four-star Spurs group chat, and this wasn't like when Anthony Pocket accidentally video calls everybody. <laughs> not by it. Not on purpose. This was an intentional one. Everybody was available, <laughs> pulled up on it. Everybody was just going bananas. So that... As a favorite, you know, I mean, that ties in with the favorite memory as well, but favorite game just with that one and just all of the chaos of Lorente humping the ball in, just all of it, just all of it, favorite, you know, that's, that'll be hard to top. The run-up to the IX game as well as the IX game. Everything, everything, yeah, and I guess, I mean, I guess I should have put in the favorite memories as well, kind of fallout from that, like helping coordinate and being a part of the final at the Atlantic, just being a part of that, you know, showing up like early to set up and there's already a line down the block i mean it's just unbelievable so that part goes into memory but yeah favorite game you know the lead into all of that and that being a part of it just that whole that whole run was pretty magical so talking about your favorite game and having it be ix as well as the lead up to the ix match and i know that you have not been to white Hart lane yet no. or the new stadium but what would be your ideal first game at the lane in person, whether it's the opponent, would it be Manchester United, almost like a mirror image of your favorite game or favorite memory? Or what would your favorite or your first match at the lane ideally look like? Yeah, it's like I kind of go back and forth with that one because like part of me, which I know, you know, there's a lot... A lot of differing opinions. Like obviously, like Rick like hates the Arsenal matches and dreads that day to a T. And I know he's not alone in that sentiment. I love the hatred and animosity. I fucking feed off of it. Like absolutely, give it to me. So that like is an easy answer, right? Um, but also, they're shit. You know, like even more than normal, and kind of we are too. But they're more than us as always. And but so so maybe not that so much. When I so when I do think about you know kind of getting away from like the easy answer with that. I think about like a um, like a Champions League, whoever the juggernaut of Europe is. You know that big day. You know we've obviously had you know, some some teams come to mind in that regard. Like who, who an opponent would be. Like a Bayern Munich. Or a Bayern Real Munich Madrid, was, Barcelona. Yeah, not Juventus. so much now. Yeah, yeah, I mean like whoever the whoever the PSG. Bayern Munich was the first one was yeah Bayern Munich was the first one that pops in. Like, whatever, who, you know, whoever the juggernaut of Europe is, I mean, maybe now Newcastle probably coming up now soon <laughs> once they buy everyone. But, obviously joking there. But, yeah, whoever the heroes of Europe, I, that, that to me, like, as, like, the ideal match day, like, the with the, you know, being back in Champions League and just all of the 
you know, everything that comes along with that, that I think to me would be, aside from the easy, you know, rivalry match, that that stands out to me, just the pageantry of it. And you would want to be in the South Stand? Oh, uh, would it be a night game? Would it be a an early No, game? that's the prime time. That's the evening. You know what I mean? That's one where... It, you know, I've had the whole day leading up to, you know what I mean? It's the the pub time. Yeah, you've had a plenty of good time to get a base going, you know, get the, you know, get that nervous energy out. You know, you have your voice gone before you even get to the, you know what I mean, from yelling at the pub. That that type of like energy and yeah, I wouldn't even say like a group, you know, a group stage should be fine. Obviously, before we get to wherever the wherever they're being held, but wherever we could host, that would be that would be it for me. Definitely agree. Understand, and those games are definitely worth it. Although I was at the Bayern Munich, both Bayern Munich games, and those weren't great. Even though they were both at night, they were both Champions League games. Uh, those games under the lights with the Champions League anthem and having the the pomp and circumstance are so worth being there. So. I can understand why you would want your first game at the lane, your ideal match be like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now that we've been over games and match-like atmosphere, can you indulge me in who your current and overall favorite Spurs players have been or are? Just tell me about your your liking or affection for fanboy yeah for your for your yeah i can do that spurs players i can there's a couple i can do that obviously i mentioned gareth bale that's an easy one that i mean yeah awesome stud um easy one for me too which people who know will know is erickson as you know as biggest apologist and fanboy all of it defender um creator of the somewhat infamous erickson meter how back is he (laughs) And that, that that was a great paint project out of me. So I mean, yeah, Erickson, obviously, massive fan. Um, current... Can can you actually indulge the listeners in <laughs> what that the Erickson meter yeah. was, please? Yeah. So I with my I'm not a graphic designer. I have a lot of creative thoughts and terrible, terrible art execution. Um, so I in paint created this um, really, really janky background with with paint like where i just cut in his erickson face out and said how back or is, is christian erickson back with a question mark in his face which it's you know terribly cut out in paint flipped out you know just absolutely shit and i made this chart with different degrees of back being most back with like he absolutely broke it and he's on fire and i have different pictures of him with like celebrating things like that and then when he gets into the shit side it says like almost shit, you know, or not shit, almost shit, <laughs> absolute shit, and it has him sad and disappointed, and it was, just, it was just a little levity too. And then that was kind of my defense mechanism to try and defend him, even when he was shit. I'd maybe give him a couple notches above, and that would get the kickback for it. But yeah, so that's Erickson's definitely high up there, and especially, you know, thank God that he survived, you know, survived everything that he went through. Absolutely. And very encouraging. I scary be it that he's going to be coming back and trying to play. That's a whole other conversation, but. Very fortunate and glad that he's okay and back at that point. So obviously he's one for me. Um, I know you're kind of talking current Spurs. So current roster is a little kind of tough now when you want half of them gone. Um, But obviously Harry Kane, it sucks kind of what happened with that because that's that's really going to be – it's going to be kind of interesting to see how history looks back on 
Kurt Kane because he went from Wonder Boy, you know, he's one of our own, to now, you know, who knows, you know, who knows how this is going to play out. So that's interesting because he would obviously have been high on the list, but now I'm a little jaded, you know, with how he handled the whole situation as well. Um, so now, obviously, on the current roster, it's either Sonny or Lucas Moore, just their energy, like, out of a team full of people who sometimes look like they don't give a shit, those are two that genuinely mostly do, and, like, obviously, Sonny, how likable and his, just who he is as a person, let alone as a spur. Um, so he's an easy one, and then Lucas Moore, same thing, like, his energy and passion. Dude's, what, like, 5'2", and he jumps, like, jumps out, it just... Bounce, you know, bounce energy. I think he's more like five, five, five. <laughs> Sorry, six. I shouldn't. He didn't deserve that. He did not deserve <laughs> that. Didn't deserve it. But no, it's just like, it's just, just explosive. You know, just everything that like that we need and need more of. If we had, you know, a handful of him, we would be in a much better spot. So those are the two current ones. That... So do you think that, given Erickson and the Erickson meter plus. Sonny, Kane, Lucas, do you think that you tend to enjoy the forwards or midfield or more offender, the offense Offensive more? attacking, which is funny with my goalkeeping background. you think that, like, and that's one where it's I'm kind of jaded because on the defensive side, it's an expectation. And especially, you know, we got so spoiled during the pot years with how, like, going back to, like, the moments of, like, the, uh, Man United game last game at the lane well that was also special because it capped off an undefeated season not streak season at the lane we know we didn't, we didn't get beat so stuff like that you know we got very spoiled defense so it's kind of expected you know unfortunately so I do tend to you know the attacking because that's where you know that's where the magic happens you know when it comes to and especially like I said you know current roster being not you know more of the fact of it so yeah the striking obviously is where a lot of my favorite explosiveness comes from, or favoritism wise, I guess. That makes sense. And I know that for a lot of people that the offense and, and the attacking line are definitely more the the players who get more of the attention, but also they're technically the first line of defense. Well, Eric, in a weird that's way. where Erickson, well, obviously, like, not so much with, he was partnered with Musa Dembele, who was more like that catalyst, that stone there, um, that apex stone that allowed Erickson to do, because he was the facilitator, right? Erickson wasn't mm-hmm. the scorer for the most part, but, you know, that was, his, his best day was his day when he had two or three assists, right? And so that was part of it, too. He, the way that he kind of quarterbacked and commanded that, kind of the offense for most of it, when he was bumping, and that was the thing, I know, if you were to go back and listen to Four Star Spurs episodes from back then, the very common theme would be like if he goes, we go, and that's you know mm-hmm. so that's so it's not so much the scores you know like with the deli and the magical moments and things like that. It's not so much that, but also that's where Erickson jumped out with you know with you know, being the facilitator and having that aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. So now that we've spoken about your favorite players, your favorite game, uh, what you want your ideal first game at the lane to be like, let's now talk about your experience with being a u.s supporter so how would you characterize the support from spurs fans in the united states yeah that's an that's a really good very like interesting question because it's very interesting dynamic and because that's one i feel like when you know there's so many different perspectives because it really depends on how you became a supporter right your view of everything and i think that's really what characterizes and embrace and again sums up the American Spurs supporter, and that is, it's really a blend of because you're going to have individuals like myself where, you know, a decent time following supporters, but 
you know, it's all learned history. It's not experienced history, which those are two very different things, right? Like if we were to tell a story about, you know, Lucas's goal, it's different than living it. And it's just like with the history of Spurs, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you can learn about it, but, you know, if you weren't watching and experiencing the trials and tribulations, it's going to have a different view of, you know, how the team's run, you know, so, you know, for, you know, like our wage policy, things like that, mm-hmm. that, you know, when people go, well, why don't we just do that? And, and you know, that's just not how we do, you know, it's things, things like that, like, obviously you see it differently it's different perspective right it's, and that's what we're, i think that what sums up this like an american spurs supporters you're going to have that kind of melting pot whereas you have the classic there's the more traditional classic spurs supporter mm-hmm. in england right and then we've americanized right like that's really what it is like it's like that hybrid where you're going to have the third generation spurs supporter and also you're going to have the person that jumped on when we had our champions league run which right. is okay that's a good thing right because Anybody who says it's not, then like, wait, you won't. Like, we're just gonna have all of our supporters die out. Like, eventually, like, that's that's mm-hmm. absurd. Like, we we need to be relevant. We need to have yeah. that blend. We need to have all those different scope and type of fan. We have yeah. to have it. And I think that's what sums up the Spurs supporters as in America is that we have that blend of, you know, the, you know, Sam, mm-hmm. Joe, Rick. You know, all the ones. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody from that brought you know all that history all that you know experience tradition and you know environment learned all of that brought that over and then blends it in with you know everybody here that's that's not so much in that boat although we have those here with lucas who it is you know and you know there are those you know multi-generational spurs mm-hmm. supporters as well that are from america so it's all the different perspectives coming in so i think it's just really that just kind of that blend where but it's all for those that really understand what it means to be a spurs supporter it's all blended under the same you know to there's to do you know all of that like just mm-hmm. what Bill Nick set out about the club for those that truly understand it it's all following that but it's all this vast more I'd say significantly more vast perspective as far as you know what you know, Spurs are but it's all mm-hmm. under that same united kind of core definitely and and I can see what you're talking about with having people from the uh, UK and from Europe in general coming over to the United States and living here. But then also you have like what you're saying, multi-generational Spurs families, but then also you have people who, whether they started supporting Spurs 10, 15 years ago versus in the past two years, like there's very much of an amalgamation of the type of Spurs supporters in the United States. So I definitely understand what you're getting at where you can't really characterize it, but it, you can characterize it as it's just a melting pot. I think it's just the new era is the evolved Spurs. You know what I mean? I think that's more like the Americans. That's what I guess it's just, I don't want to say evolved. It's like it's a negative to be the traditional. It's just it's just a little different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's coming from different origins. It's coming from, you know, different views of sports as a whole, right? very different systems and you know just all of that as a whole you know every coming together is just that just a different blended perspective which mm-hmm. I mean, it's not good or bad it's just that's just what supporting here is like from you know from my view at least definitely and i know that you might have some cherished memories or favorite memories of your time in chicago spurs uh with those people who are who have been supporters for 
30, 40 years or supporters who have been uh, supporting Tottenham for the past two, three, four, five years. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about those memories of your cherished memories from being at the Chicago Spurs bar or maybe your just a, a moment that kind of sticks out for being in Chicago Spurs? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a few. It's hard to narrow down to one. I've been, I guess, I mean, well, I'd say for sure fortunate in the fact that I've been very involved. You know, I got you know, brought in as a you know, treasurer working on the board, which, you know, I did tell, you know, one of the memories here is I did tell a bouncer that on a Christmas party one <laughs> night where I did inform him that I also was a member of the board. But, you know, just being that level of involvement, you get to see, you know, some of the behind the scenes and just, just interactions with stuff like stuff like that. You know, that Christmas party where Kevin and I decided, well, Tommy left us unattended, so it's his fault. But <laughs> that's on Kevin, or that's on Tommy and John. But you can't leave Kevin and I like that. But you know, memories like that from the Christmas party. Um, to I mean, I kind of touched on it with the Champions League run, and honestly, like if you could like paint a picture from the mental image of driving up and just seeing, which I wasn't late, which is weird because I'm late to fucking every everything like you know like beside from me and tommy it's a race for the latest <laughs> and like that i show up early i'm like jesus like, it's like i'm late as this because there's and it was just because the doors didn't open and we we sold out the entire building and it was just that you mean you know a bullshit armpit you know penalty was mm-hmm. the difference of you know who knows what if that doesn't happen how that day goes but even so even with the result being what it was that's that experience and that just you know gary going bananas singing a song mm-hmm. over and over and just all of that was just awesome you know you can't yeah. can't repl- replicate it can't change it for the world so i mean that's the one you know touched on some of the other ones but then, i mean that's the that's the big one that one sticks out for me definitely so let's change gears as we finish and i want to imagine yourself as the tottenham hospital football club manager and i want you to pick your favorite starting 11 for Tottenham Hotspur. It doesn't have to be the best players or the players who you think would fit well together, but just your favorite starting 11. Yeah, that's, it's funny because when, you know, as I was putting this together, it, it, it jumped out as like the, uh, you know, what team, the, the 2000s all-star team is what it kind of became, which I mean, obviously, you know, hearing <laughs> my history with the club, it's, it's one of those, and that's where I, Glad you put that caveat on there that it's, you know, your favorite. It's not about how they play together. It's not about that. It's, you know, so obviously there's the legends of the game, you know, which obviously I mm-hmm. respect and, you know, no one, you know what I mean? But it's, it's different from favorite, you know, because I, you know, the type of yeah. football I remember is, you know, the pot, you know, the potch era, it, like the, the heart of that and like the explosiveness bombing up the wingers and then mm-hmm. seeing how it's changed to now. And it's like, we're trying to get back, you know, to that style. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's going to be at the core of, you know, you know with some of the, you know, the names here is, you know, the Belden contingent in the middle, the, you know, bombing up the wings, you know, to a point, leaving Walker out of there, but he was close. You, get, you know what I mean? But, like, those were the, yeah. that's what we're, you know, we're talking about, trying to get back to, you know what I mean? It's like, yep. it's weird that we're driving for those days, but that's where we're, you know, trying to get back on the top four, trying to make those runs. And it's, so as we go through this, that's going to be, you know, if there's a theme of the day, it would be, you know, 2000 All-Star lineup here. So, you know, obviously at the back, it's got to be the reason that, you know, hopefully we're extending him. That's, it's hard not to go against. So I wanted to, you know, kind of do, 
kind of go a different route with the keeper mm-hmm. just to just to be an idiot. But I didn't. I stick with an actual honest choice there. I don't think um, many people are going to pick the Americans of Friedel or Keller. But... That was gonna be that was gonna be Casey Keller <laughs> was gonna be my dumbass pick, but I didn't want to do it just because it. it, 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 it yeah, we just can't do that. But yeah, Larissa's in there. But yeah, Keller was gonna be the joke pick. Um, then we go to the defense, and obviously. Playing together, like, Rose bombing up the wings. like, mm-hmm. And also with the way that just cementing, which is going to be when we get to the strikers, we're going to have a conver- you know, a little, there can be conversation about does the individual deserves to be on the list, which is mm-hmm. tough. But Rose is one of those where we don't have to have that conversation because of how he's handled himself through the whole situation. Well, although I guess he did have a little bit of a moment. But, it, I mean, it's just... But it, also having that honesty to, even though it was, I think it was the sun, right? At, at, listeners out there I think it was the son um but he had the honesty and the wherewithal to bring forward what he was feeling and and he was definitely very much of a put out all out on the line type of player and person right which I think now looking back a lot of people respect Danny Rose for that yeah and that's what I was going to say about I think if at the moment I it was received how it was received but looking back like with the way that other situations been handled now, that one looks like nothing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. still, you know, still not a not a big deal. So that's Danny. Like, easy to make the cut there. Um, looking back, also, you know, like I said, the building contingent, you know, Toby and and Jan. I mean, those just figureheads of like that pot defense. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're having you know that streak of undefeated streak at home, and like the score lines. You know, just with clean sheets. About. Like that's. Just that rock solid defense. Those were the staples of that. And obviously Ledley. You know, I'm I have less knees than him, which is hard to believe, but <laughs> but somehow I managed it. But still, I mean, that's it's you got to have Ledley. I'm let you know him being back with the club now. I think he's great in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's so he's in there. Um, last piece of the Belgian contingent. Obviously the moves, moves in the belly holding down. We've Rick. I mean, probably staying at like a pedestal of the Empire State Building now that we haven't replaced him. He's right. We have, and how do you replace him? But we're not even close, and that's you know that that'll be the gaping hole until it's not. But he's he's got to be in there. So it's good that we accounted for all the Belgians, and we were leave, we were able to leave that fat dolphin, Nacho oh. Chadley, out of there. We could, Who it hurts my heart that you did not include Chadley. Get but... him out. <laughs> get him out of here. But at least at least <laughs> at least Dembele is in the favorite starting eleven for you. No, one hundred percent. Like what he brought. To the club. I mean, every year that passes, his value to us increases because every window that passes that you don't fill that hole in some way or form, it's it just becomes more and more glaring. And yeah, it's that that was a that was a no brainer, no brainer. Um, next next up is Erickson, obviously the facilitator. That's that was again no brainer for me at all. That yeah, no questions there. Then we get into I mean this like the contingent from last year, right? It's which, which is crazy that just last year we had this up top and we sucked ass. It's absurd. But Son, Lucas, Bale, Kane, that was us. We had that. And just chose not to play it. But that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, I mean, those being our favorite, like, from my favorite, rather, I mean, those guys. Yeah, I mean, there were some other ones that I've been thought about putting in there, obviously. Like, Madras came to mind, Vander mm-hmm. Bart. There was, I mean, Defoe was hard one to leave off of there. I mean, when you only have 11, that's what, you know, I asked if I could have a bench because there, there were so many that... Know, from favorites that were had to be left off, but um, just yeah. have a bench with all attacking players. I would, yeah, I would. And Casey <laughs> Keller too. Keller, what's his name? Right, Casey. I'm not saying, saying yeah, wrong name. But yeah, no, that's um, 
Yeah, I almost have a bench with him and just all the stuff attached. Well, that's not a bad uh, st- favorite starting 11 with Larice, Rose, Jan and Toby. You have Ledley in there, Musa, Erickson, and then, like you said, the most recent uh, quartet of San Lucas, Bale, and Kane. So that was very good favorite starting 11, but... That is all for this podcast. So thank you to Austin for joining me this episode. And for you listeners out there, make sure you follow and subscribe to Four Star Spurs wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like the pod and you fancy doing us a favor, write us a review, please. Also, thank you to Charlie for the music, Sam and Kevin for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and Four Star Spurs for the use of the brand. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs, as well as myself at Catherine Rupp. But that's all for now. Come on, you Spurs.